Hey guys, so uh, I've got to ask you to keep an open mind about today's episode, even if you don't agree with me, the medical professionals and healers that I've worked with, or today's guests. But if you're at all serious about achieving optimum health for you or your family, you'll stick around to the end and draw your own conclusion. Attorney and author Kevin Barry is our guest. Barry wrote Vaccine Whistleblower, Exposing Autism Research Fraud at the CDC. In today's episode, we'll discuss how vaccine studies are designed to hide undesirable outcomes, how vaccine laws violate First Amendment rights, and who is really responsible for outbreaks of diseases that we vaccinate for. That's coming up next on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. Hey, you! Do you like cock? We love it too. That's why we made the ultimate cock-eating book you can find around. 50 ways to eat cock, chicken recipes with balls. Just look at all the cock gobblers we made happy. You can be one of them, too. Heck, once you get through this book, one cock will simply not be enough anymore. So what are you waiting for? Order your copy of 50 Ways to Eat Cock, available now on Amazon. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the Nutrition Heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Aloha and welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. And um, today is probably going to be my most controversial show to date. Uh, and it's something that I've been uh, wanting to speak with someone about for a long time because it's uh, it's a question that's that's on a lot of parents' minds and uh, you know there's there's a huge fight out there about you know who's right and who's wrong and what's science based and what's not. I have worked with doctors who actually cure health problems. Uh, and uh, as you know, a little bit about my journey, I had gone to a myriad of doctors who just, you know, prescribe pills and creams and uh, all kinds of, you know, shots and things like that. And none of them worked. Many of them made me worse. So when it came to uh, uh, vaccinating my children, uh, I was quite hesitant and um, probably the, the, the most prolific uh, healer um, who was a doctor or is a doctor. Uh, advised um, against it because he said, I wouldn't do it to my kids. He, he hadn't done it to his three kids. Um, so today I have our guest heretic, who is Kevin Barry. He's the author of Vaccine Whistleblower, Exposing Autism Research Fraud at the CDC. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, and, um, you know, I want to uh, talk to you, obviously, because this is weighing on my mind. Now, the people, for the most part, the people who want, you know, they want vaccination, they've made up their mind. They've, you know, already tuned out. They're not listening to the, <laughs> the podcast already. Uh, what, you know, what what got you interested in a vaccine cover-up? Well, um, actually, today is uh, my son who had a vaccine reaction. Today is his 20th birthday. And uh, he faded out between age one and two uh, through an adverse reaction to his vaccines. He hosted his first birthday party, you know, come home from work, hi dad, how you doing? And you know, 19 years later, he is less conversational at 20 than he was at one. So something happened to him when, uh, while he was alive, like it, it wasn't in the embryo, it wasn't in the womb, uh, something environmentally happened to him while he was alive. and um, and. Once, so that was in the. His diagnosis was right around the turn of the century, like early two thousand. Okay. And it was there was a lot of controversy going on at that time regarding uh, the, the safety of vaccines, and and obviously I 
hadn't really been paying attention to it at that time because I was, you know, offered up my kids. Uh, I was one of those who believed that the word vaccine meant like miracle cure. You know, so, exactly. Uh, so I, I understand the people who've already turned it off. You know, <laughs> so because uh, we all used to be them, or a lot of us used to be them. Uh, but it's not magic. Like no, no medical procedure is magic, and it's no medical procedure is uh, the same for everyone. So. Right, right. And actually, that was um, the, the naturopath that I see uh, now here in Hawaii. Uh, she, even as a naturopath, she also thought that she was doing the right thing. Uh, and her daughter went into convulsions, mm-hmm. um, you know, immediately afterwards. And she was told that had nothing to do with it. But then she, she realized, let me do some research. And she realized, oh, this is extremely normal. Uh, for children to have convulsions, uh, um, you know, I have I have no shortage of friends who have uh, lost children either to autism um, and, or death, for that matter. Right. Um, you know, we've we actually I know a n- numerous people who within 24 hours or f- uh, 48 hours of of vaccinating uh, their children died, and you know that that gives me pause. And, and so the one thing that I keep saying is that sort of what I opened up with at the beginning, which is that, you know, are we going to listen to the doctors who are the healers or the doctors who are the pill pushers? Um, because I think that many doctors, they don't they don't really get beyond the pharmaceuticals. They don't spend yeah. time with the patients to know, you know, how things are working with them. And, and it's all about the numbers. Yeah, well, that, that's the, I think you teed up exactly the problem with the um, with the f- research fraud at the highest levels, because the doctors, like the parents, I think most pediatricians, they're they're believing the safety studies too, mm-hmm. that they, they're um, they're all being sold bill of goods. And to me, what, like when I was first looking into this, uh, something that, that jumped out at me immediately and, and, and still does is that, that vaccines are marketed as safe and effective. But then if you think about like why they have liability protection, mm-hmm. the, the reason they have liability protection is they're unavoidably unsafe. Like, as a product, they're unavoidably unsafe. That's, that's their legal classification. Right. So, that, so how is the same product safe and effective and unavoidably unsafe? So how are they get, they've gotten away with it for 30 years. Uh, they're continuing to get away with it. Um, and it's uh, one of the things that they do with statistics is when, when you hear, uh, look for these words when you see safe and effective. It's safe and effective, and then the keywords on a population basis. Right. For, for every individual, it's unavoidably unsafe. So, and also, if you want to be cynical, you say when the money's flowing in towards the medical establishment, it's safe and effective when payments for injury could be going out and it's did we say safe and effective we meant unavoidably unsafe right right yeah yeah and there's um this and that's actually what disturbs me about the mantra and you talk uh, you know, or not you talk but um actually i'm gonna have you describe your book in a, in a moment but the mantra that i see over and over again and everybody sees this but they don't realize that this is a marketing tactic which is uh, for example, you watch uh, Save the Children commercial, and we're sending them food and uh, uh, life-saving vaccines, you know. And so the people hear vaccine, and they automatically assume life-saving. Right, right. Whereas, you know, I, I, I have uh, mo- modified that to dangerous <laughs> and... You know, dangerous vaccines, because, you know, we at at some point we have to look at how many of these before we say enough. Right. And uh, as long as we're talking with a fellow heretic, uh, I think uh, the simplest summation is that pharmaceutical companies uh, via vaccines have taken credit that belongs to plumbers. Exactly. <laughs> I love the way you put that. Yeah, it's, it's it's like if the plumbers get got together and marketed it, it's clean water and sanitation. It's, it's toilets and, and water filtration systems and sewer systems. That's what knocked down infectious diseases much more so than vaccines. Vaccines came in and mopped up maybe a little bit at the end, but they've taken the credit for uh, all the, for things that mostly belong to public hygiene. 
Absolutely. And this has been documented time and time again. It's even in um, the, what is that, book of pediatrics uh, for, you know, like birth to age five or whatever, you know, that that most parents get when they have their children. It's it's actually documented in in, even in those textbooks. Right. I think in in the World Health Organization, not not a radical operation, they um, they say uh, it's clean water, sanitation, uh, refrigeration Mm. and then and then vaccines because you know another like the, when food is uh, refrigerated from farm to table that is another way to that bacteria and pathogens are, are not in our diet the way they were 100 years ago so the, like there's there's all, all these things have uh, have led to improved human health and in, in, in the, the decline of infectious disease in the developed world uh, more so than than vaccines and but vaccines have taken the credit Right, exactly. And uh, it, it's it's been incredibly insidious because I'm seeing this, you know, sometimes when I'm working at night, I'll turn on some, uh, some you know, just different um, teledramas and things like that. And you're seeing where they're starting to um, get their message in there, too. I don't know if you've if you watch any television, um, but I have noticed that the, the message is getting in about, you know, like, oh, I wish we had a vaccine for this, you know, <laughs> that right. kind of right. that kind of thing. Right. So um, I would like you to describe your book um, because it's it's not just you talking and, and interpreting things. Ex- explain how your book unfolds. Sure. Uh, the the book is it's only it's a short book. It's a quick read, two hours max. Um, the centerpiece of it is uh, it's about a, it's about 150 pages total. 100 of those pages are the transcripts of four recorded phone calls that uh, a great advocate uh, in California, Dr. Brian Hooker, uh, recorded calls he had with Dr. William Thompson. Dr. Thompson is a senior scientist uh, at the uh, Center for Disease Control, and Dr. Thompson was an author on the papers, uh, uh, safety papers that were done in the early 2000s, uh, one on MMR, the measles bump rubella vaccine, and the other on thimerosal, the mercury preservative in a number of vaccines. So Dr. Thompson's key, because he's he's an author, and he's saying from the inside that they uh, didn't do honest research, that they they fudged the numbers to make a signal go away on a MMR paper that was published in, I believe, 2003 or 2004, February 2004. And uh, what Dr. Thompson says is that they found a signal that was uh, higher for uh, autism rate for African-American males who um, got the MMR vaccine on time. And what they did to fudge the numbers, they went back in and realized that if they made it a requirement for the race category, that that all, all the people in the study had a Georgia birth certificate, uh, that, that would lower the number of autism cases uh, and they could eliminate the signal. Mm. So, so why is that important? That's that's well, obviously it's it's important because it's research fraud, you know, like so. But but again, back then, this is like two thousand three, two thousand four. Uh, that there was a uh, a debate, and and are vaccines a problem? We're not sure. So, uh, if if they, I, I sometimes think about it, and what if they'd handled it honestly? And what if they said, hey, there might be a problem here. We're not sure. You know, it's a, it's an Atlanta study. So maybe there's more African-American children there. Maybe it's maybe it's a signal. Maybe it isn't. But let's check New York. Let's check Chicago. Let's check Fort Lauderdale. Like, like let's 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 spread it out and see if there's a problem. But the orthodoxy that that vaccines are magic and that they're not causing a problem and they're they're magically good for everyone uh, won, won the day that the, it's the number one public health priority is to have a high vaccination rate so they won't tolerate uh, anything that that goes against that uh, orthodoxy, which is not science. That's not science. Absolutely, and yeah. and that's what that's what blows my mind is all of my like English major and philosophy major friends like I side with science, and I'm like, you have no background in science. You know, <laughs> the people who do are questioning. Yeah, well, for, when for the you most ju- part, and it doesn't take long. Scratch the surface. You know, like like read read the safety study it's, itself. Right. Right. 
Well, one of the best ones, uh, early one when I was getting involved in this was a study at the University of Washington, by a guy named Dr. Thomas Burbacker, and they were checking, um, they were checking whether thimerosal, the mercury uh, preservative, was, um, uh, they, were, they, they were giving it to chimps, and then they sacrificed the chimps, and they found that the thimerosal, the, uh, ver the version that's in vaccines, was accumulating in the brains at a much higher rate than the mercury found in fish. Huh. But the headline of the study is, because it was leaving the blood faster, but accumulating in brain. Right. The headline the headline of the paper was, of, of, the, of the news reports, was the marisol leaves the blood faster. Mm. Yeah. We talked before about not accidentally dropping an F-bomb. I just caught myself. <laughs> you know, that, that, <laughs> that, 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 the headline, it's, it's accumulating in the beep brain. Right. That's the headline. But you have to read the paper to get to it. You, if, if you just stop at the headline, it, 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 it's no problem here, folks. Keep going. Yeah, and th that's uh, yeah, that's that's my pet peeve with studies overall. You know, there's a lot of even some of our guests will say, "Well, there's we have a study for that. We have a study for that." But you know, I, I want to know what it's actually doing on the ground. Uh, often, you know, one thing is exactly what you're saying. They uh, they completely downplay one side to to um, like you said nothing to see here, folks. Just keep moving. Uh, the other thing is that often they change so many parameters that you can't really chalk it up to just one thing. Like you only change one one item at a time to really compare efficacy. Right, and also the safety studies by definition. When a, when, a, when a new vaccine's being approved, they, they have to test it to whatever testing they do, which is minimal and doesn't, they don't do long follow-up times, but, but whatever testing they do do, it's, it's one at a time. They don't, they don't do it, they don't test it on, on new people in conjunction with, with the way it's given in a pediatrician's office. Exactly. It's not, it's not tested, the two-month visit right now, you get six shots. You know, so if there's a problem, is it, was it the first vaccine? Was it the second? Was it three with four? Was it five, six with one? You know, like it's hard to say what the problem is if there is a problem, because it's so muddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's um, and like you say, there's there's long term reactions, um, and there's also things that you know we don't. I mean, this is just going beyond autism. There's so many other things that can happen from cancers and uh, you know um, rashes. Uh, and which you know, rash doesn't sound bad until you have that rash. You know, <laughs> they can be incredibly debilitating. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot of different things that people are just not aware of. You know, I, I know people who's they're they, you know they they love their vaccines, but their kids can't eat like most common foods because their gut is so ripped up by by the vaccines. Right. Well, and again, I want to be clear that I, I'm truly not anti-vaccine. I'm really not. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if, my, if my neighbor wants to get all the vaccines that's f for their kids, that's fine. Right? Right. I, just want, I want the right uh, to uh, do that, do this, the same thing in conjunction with my, my son's mom. You know, we, we believe parents should decide, not politicians, not state houses, not nations. That's a mom and dad choice. What what goes under the skin of, of your child? Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree that um, you know, and and to discourage someone from researching, um, and th that's you know that's an issue too. And I think that most people who are who are termed anti-vaxxers uh, fall into that category. It's like you know what, I wouldn't do it to my kid, but if you want to have at it, you know, like that's that's your choice. You know, I I wish you the best. Right. Right, um, and that, and that, and that's uh, one thing I, I want to. But we start the book with um, uh, a passage from the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights. Mm -hmm. Here's that section on consent, right? And this is from 2005, unanimously adopted by 193 countries, including the United States. This is this is the section on consent. Uh, one, any preventative vaccines are preventative, any preventative, diagnostic, and therapeutic medical intervention is only to be carried out with the prior free and informed consent of the person concerned based on adequate information. The consent should, where appropriate, be expressed and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time and for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. Right, right. That's clear as day. 
yeah. it's clear yeah. as day. And uh, being held out of public school is a disadvantage and a prejudice. Exactly. It's, it's not even a question. And then further up, even like that, that's Article 6 of the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights. Here's Article 3. The interests and welfare of the individual should have priority over the sole interest of science or society. Wow. Wow. Clear, clear as day. Yeah. Right? And and so... In- instead, people are being vilified. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's it, it almost feels like we're not that far from a hate march, you know? <laughs> because uh, I see people say, like, oh, I hope that your kid gets some, you know rubella or whatever because you didn't vaccinate them and it's like who would who in their right mind wishes that on someone else's child yeah i think that's i i i agree with that i i do think that there's a lot of bots that are that are the people who are uh like pushing the anti-vaxxer you know that's like a uh, that's one of the few things you, in our PC society. That's one of the few things you're allowed to spit out at, at people like they're a moron or, or whatever, exactly. right? You know? Exactly. Uh, uh, so, but you know, at some point, I do think you know the, the people who have this position should view themselves as, as a minority group. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we don't have a. I'm a lawyer, but so we don't we don't have a protected. We're not a protected class yet, but it's, it might get there someday. You know, with the way farmers' uh, political influence stretches. Um, that that uh, that people who vaccinate differently are are a minority class, and, and in in minor, minorities in our system, they get rights. They don't get laws, right? Yeah. You get your you get your rights protected. So that that's what I'm trying to do, um, and that's that's the first freedoms dot uh, org organization that I started. Okay. And uh, we're well, right right now, um, I'm probably going to send it out on Christmas, or the day after Christmas, because the post office is closed. But uh, I'm filing a, a human rights complaint against Italy, because oh. uh, it, Italy just passed uh, vaccine mandates for their for 60 I million s- Italians. I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, "What?" I, like that just seemed so not. I mean. I know there's a lot of corruption in Italy, <laughs> but but um, yeah, it just didn't seem seem plausible that they would just you know hook line and sinker. Yeah, France just did the same. France France has one pending for next year, so I'm going to file a human rights complaint against them too. Right. And right. and and I don't I don't know if it'll if it'll bear fruit, but that's uh, I'm going to do my best to stop it. And and you know again, it's not just me. I'll I'll, I'll make it public, and hopefully thousands of other people will will um, follow suit and, and anyone can report a human rights abuse. Right. Uh, so uh, the whole country is doing it. And here's what I think, and I know that I can tell you this with certain, with some level of certainty. I've, I've advocated in Washington and m- numerous state capitals and at the UN, I have a pass at the United Nations, I'm in New York. Um, and uh, the policymakers do not know those two provisions I just read, read out from the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights. They don't know that the individual takes precedence over society, that that's that every country agrees with that. Right. And when 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 in the t- times in history where that hasn't happened, it's disastrous. Right. The right. In, indivi- individual when it, when you're when you're working for the state, you know, that it's very 1984, you know, the individual. Absolutely. I, yeah. I keep saying yeah. there's something so Orwellian about this whole yeah. the, the, the 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 uh the entire Everything, actually more than just the vaccines, but like so much of the medical community has distilled us down to numbers and, um, you know, like what's your blood pressure, your weight and all of that. Um, but also, yeah, with with the vaccines, it's like, you know, all the all the choice is taken out. So it's yeah, it's very much it actually makes me think a lot of like kind of the Margaret Atwood novels, you know, where she has this kind of right, alternate right. Uh, reality. Right, but it, but it's also like I think increasingly, like when I, when I first started this advocacy work, it was like eighteen years ago. We, we were really considered fringe, you know. Like if, if you were saying anything critical of vaccines, you you know you had a you know, tinfoil hat. Uh, I think I think it's becoming like we're we're winning the battle of the schoolyards. We're winning the battle of the bus stops, right? But farmers winning in state capitals and national capitals, right? right. They're they're uh, and and I think one of the things. That I think is happening is they know they're they're, they're maybe they're devious but they're not stupid the pharmaceutical companies uh, so the the generation it's it's, it's 1989 is roughly when autism and, and all the, the exploded it's up 22,000 percent in one generation 
from one in 10,000 to the latest was one in, one in 36. So they, they know that, that like my, my other two sons have watched their brother have a difficult life. When they're, when they're having kids, they're not gonna do the full vaccine schedule if right. they don't have, unless they have to. Right. right. Unless they think they have to, right? And I think that there's that, that uh, first they came for the Californians, then they came for the Italians, then they came for the French, right? They're, 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 right now they're coming for kids, but I don't know why people think they're not gonna start mandating vaccines for adults. Right, and, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, because you know, it, it's, it's, the other thing that's really foolish is the idea that, that if you uh, uh, force vaccinations or, or coerce people into vaccinating in the schoolyard, but then if, it, if the lunch lady doesn't have the 90 vaccines or whatever the kids are supposed to have, then, you, then they're, they're not in this magical bubble of, 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 of immune perfection that pharma is, is preaching. Uh, so now you have to do this, the lunch lady, and then if the bus driver doesn't have it, you need the bus driver. And then if the people in the park and in the supermarket and at the, at the baseball game aren't all fully vaccinated, then, then they're not getting the, the pretend immune bubble that pharma is trying to push. So, and, and, I, and I think, because again, there's not that much that, that people need from, from society. Public school is one of them. Right. Uh, and so don't take that away. Don't take that. Don't take that away when it's a clear violation of bioethics and human rights. Right. And that's so, so that's what I'm, I'm hoping to accomplish with these human rights violations. It's just it's mostly to educate uh, the policymakers because policymakers can do this. They, they have under police power. They, they can uh, tie in forced medicine for uh uh, for and, and put conditions on it. For kids, they're using public school. I think potentially in the future for adults, it'll be something like you can't renew your driver's license unless you're fully vaccinated. Right. Well, you know, uh, one of my followers uh, recently in my uh, Nutrition Heretic Inner Circle group on Facebook, she posted that uh, where she works in a hospital and um, they told her that it that basically if not enough people in who work in the hospital uh, get the flu shot, they won't get a bonus. See, and this is really interesting because when I worked in pharma, which a lot of people don't recall, <laughs> but um, I worked in pharma and I, you know, they would say like, oh, we're not allowed to give this to doctors anymore because that's coercing them. And I always wondered, like, how are they getting around that? Because I know they're they're paying them off one way or another. Yeah. And and what they've really seemed to have d done, at least part of their strategy, is to go beyond the doctor and just go to, you know, these these mega health systems. Uh, and so basically their hospital was not getting a kickback or a bonus, which right. theoretically would trickle down to all of the workers because not enough workers, like you said, were winning. Not enough workers are sold, particularly on the flu shot. Right. And that's well. The flu shot is also the silliest one. Uh, yeah. Like the, even the the uh, the, uh, the 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 pro pharma uh, safety studies and eff efficacy studies say it's ten percent effective. You know, so uh, <laughs> I, I don't. But understand. it's ninety percent effective at giving you the flu. <laughs> so. I just don't understand why anybody would do that, right? Uh, but you know, but if they choose to, fine, right? Just don't make it a yeah. condition of anything. And. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one with the hospitals, you know, because like, uh, and from a rights perspective, you don't necessarily have a right to have a specific job in a hospital. But where where it, where it bumps into legal problems in the, in the past um, is if, a, if there's a religious objection by a, a staff member at a hospital to to a flu shot or any shot, then uh, then there's an equal opportunity employment uh, uh, claim if they're if they're having adverse work work situation because of their religious belief mm -hmm. uh, but that's a time-consuming thing that, that if, if someone gets fired from their job as a nurse for that and they bring an EEOC complaint uh, they're gonna have to support themselves for two or three years while the process plays out and then maybe they'll get their job back and they get their back pay but you know what you're eating crackers for two years right right yeah that's uh, it's it's ludicrous the, the whole way that this plays out now um, I'm going to uh, back up. Actually, I have two things I want to ask you about. First mm -hmm. of all, with France and, and Italy, how many vaccines are they mandating and what 
is the typical number here in the U.S. as of you know your last? Uh, I'd have to let me. I have it. I have it here. Give me one second. I'll sure. take a look. Um, well, here, let me just do one other thing before I do that. Uh, that ties it to Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they only looked at one vaccine of of twenty five vaccines. Right? There's twenty five. There's twenty five different vaccines, but there's some that have three or four. So, it depends how you count. Right. And uh, there was listing uh, 38 different vaccine ingredients, uh, that which is a small number. It's really like 200. But the only ones that, that the CDC ever looked at are thimerosal and MMR. And they found a problem with MMR, which they hid. And Thompson, Dr. Thompson says that he would never give a thimerosal-containing flu shot to his wife if she was pregnant. I do remember I do seeing re- that. So this is the guy who did the safety studies, the 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 CDC recommends or the AI, ACIP recommends flu shots for women uh, while pregnant. Uh, and I think somewhere in the neighborhood about half of the flu shots have thimerosal in it as a preservative. Uh, and it's in there as a preservative so it's like for multi-dose vials so you can pierce the stopper multiple times with different syringes. Right. So it's not, it's not even a preservative to make it last longer. Right. right? It, it, it's a preservative to avoid contamination. So it's in there to kill things. <laughs> it's a toxin. Right. right? So may, maybe keep it out of your body if you can avoid it. Right. right. Especially going straight into the bloodstream, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, ugh. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's uh, again depending on how you count because uh, I think it is uh, 25 uh, vaccines, but with with the ones that have like three or, or four components to it, uh, I think the number is about 69 or 70. Right, that's count. the that's the number that I've always heard, and, yeah. and one of the reasons why I ask about I- Italy and France is because a friend of mine is from Denmark, and she's like, "Yeah, my kids got the vaccine." And I was like, "What do you mean the?" And she said, yeah, well, there are like two vaccines that they had to get, but then they got rid of one because we only need, a, you know, I forget if it was polio or what. Yeah. Um, and she said that, you know, most people don't realize, I guess the, uh, the government there, I'm trying to remember now if it was in Denmark or in Germany, I had heard this one where it was like you say 10 or 12 uh, vaccines are recommended, but there's only like one or two that are actually required. Um, juxtapose that to the U.S., where I get told because I like to eat fresh food that I can't mm. expect to live forever, but yet they want to jab my family with 69 vaccines. Right. <laughs> you see what right. I'm saying? I do, and and uh, like the the point you just made, uh, like there was a one very good picture. It's four generations of uh, of families: a grandmother, it was great grandmother, grandmother, mother, child, and uh, of what fully vaccinated meant. Fully vaccinated for great grandma meant two, for grandma meant five, for mom meant eight, and for a kid means sixty nine. Right. You know that that so for, it's. When, when someone, I'm 53, when someone my age or older says they're fully vaccinated, I'm like, can, can you please compare that to what happens now? Just what happens what happens now in the first six months? It's literally in the first year, there's 24. There's 24 different, 24 different injections, right? Yeah. And and uh, you know what know what one-year-olds do a lot? Cry, mm, you know? Yeah. And you know what, know what one-year-olds are also? Terrible witnesses. <laughs> terrible. Right. Right? You know, like... Is uh, like a, a two-year-old could tell you if their brain's swelling, if they have a headache, if some like uh, if something feels wrong. Right. A two-year-old can tell you. A two-month-old can't. A four-month-old, six-month-old, they can't. So uh, again, if, if if people are looking for advice, I'd say do your own research. Um, if if you choose to do it, do one at a time. You know, don't mix them up. And it, and it's one of those things that, that I think pediatricians or or with a system isn't giving parents enough credit. You know that that like oh we got to get six in one visit because they won't come back. Yes, they will. Yeah. Yes, they will. You know, like parents aren't trying to hurt their kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But yeah, it's you, you. You. My brain is like all twisted right now just thinking <laughs> about it because we're 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 really between a rock and a hard place because you know for example in California the you're talking about spacing out which I'm all for. You know, or, um, you know, the the compounding pharmacies can give you individual mumps, measles and rubella. Uh, but they're saying no. And that's that's the scary part for me, 
It's like, what, like, why are you not engaging? Why is the government not engaging in a conversation? Instead, their focus is on discrediting and debunking and, you know, all of these kind of things, you know, that's like the stuff reserved for magicians (laughs) and charlatans. Uh, I don't really understand why, basically, if I wanted to sell you crack, is that even a thing anymore? Um, you know, I would, <laughs> I would tell, I, I would, I would make it look good, and I'd, I'd, you know, hold your hand, and I'd show you that crack was good. But they're not even doing that. They're, they're really just trying to shove it down our throats in the way that they want it. And what, what I wonder is, what is the benefit to them? Or you know, is it what you're saying that they're just all so, so uh, close together that you can't tell what happened, what caused it? Um, but you know, why are they discouraging parents from taking a slower schedule? You know, space it out over the first eighteen years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sixty-nine. Geez, even at twenty-five, that's still a lot to to give to a little infant. Yeah, you know, the it, the very patient. Pardon me, but the, just the very patient population uh, that initially, when vaccines were were invented. We're, we were told, don't give it to children, the elderly, and the infirm. And now those are the first people who get them. Yeah, and again, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, and, it, and it's orthodoxy, not science. It's a religion, right? I think some of them are true believers that vaccines are great. And if they do cause some harm, it's necessary harm because they believe that they that we'd all be dead from infectious disease without them. That's 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 a worldview. It's, it's not accurate. Um, but that, that's that's a worldview, and and in the developing world, uh, like to me, the idea that that they're the, the, the Gates Foundation and, and Save the Children that they're they're sending vaccines to people who are, are malnourished. Uh, there's no there's no follow up. You know, like if you if you're serious about taking care of infectious disease, don't help people not live in their own waste. You know, yeah. build 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 the sewers, build the water, like dig wells. You know, toilets. Mm-hmm. And and they're, and they're doing a fair amount. Like I give Gates Foundation some credit. You know, they're uh, they're ha- they're having some like uh, projects to to uh, get toilets to to the developing world. That that's that's going to help more than the vaccine issue. For sure, vaccine is just a, a band aid, right? So don't don't have a band aid. You know, make 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 a healthy society. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. So. Um, other than thimerosal, what are some of the other contaminants that we need to recognize? Because that's the one that everybody focuses on, um, particularly people who are, you know, drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Yeah. Well, uh, there's been a lot of attention recently on, on aluminum, mm-hmm. uh, which is in there also as, as, a, uh, to, to, uh, as an adjuvant to help spur an immune response. Uh, there was just a study that was published in, in England that found that, that had some uh, tested some brain samples of some people on the autism spectrum who had, had passed away, and they uh, found uh, very very high levels of, of aluminum in their brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's one. Uh, but there's, uh, there's 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 all kind of piggyback viruses. Like they can't they can't strain virus the, the vi- all the viruses out of. Uh, vaccine. So there's other things in there that that that, that it's a soup, right? You know, like right. this is why it's why it's unavoidably unsafe. You know, if you're taking a virus or a bacteria and you're running it through organs of another species, and then you're collecting the debris from that, and you're putting it in a vat and then shipping it out in a syringe, a lot of things can go wrong in that process. Right. You know, and and it can't be done safely. That's why it has liability protection. That that's I think the if anyone that's that's usually my starter kit you know if anyone a friend of mine who's the, the having their first child is like oh kevin i know you're following this i was like you know vaccines have liability protection look into why right and then that and that opens that opens a whole door right mm-hmm. but again back to what you said before, what we were talking about before about orthodoxy i think like when when things have to be infallible that's when mistakes get made mm-hmm. right that, that, that you know like uh, the Earth can't revolve around this. The, this the, even like back to Galileo, right? right. You know that 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 it, it was uh, he's the original heretic, right? And uh, he he one of many. <laughs> yes, no, but it was, you're not allowed to say that the Earth revolves around the Sun, or you get burned at the stake, yeah. right? Uh, fast forward 500 years, uh, you you question the safety of vaccines, and and uh, you're you're a luddite, you're you're an idiot, you you um, you don't believe in science, capital right. S. And, and even if you are the scientist. 
right, um, right. who's who's doing this. You, you like I said before, you get discredited, and you get your livelihood taken away from you. You're blacklisted. Um, right. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Like, let's right. again. Why are we not having a conversation? What are you trying to? You know, like to me, that's the big flag right there. Yeah. Um, when but, when they refuse to engage in conversation with the very scientists who are saying, "Hey, why don't we back up and and you know, try this a different way?" Yeah, let me uh, let me just throw something in there too that, that goes back to the book. Um, that it, it wasn't in the record, in the recordings, but when when Dr. Thompson at the CDC when he was outed as as he, he's not a traditional whistleblower, he didn't come forward. He was recorded, but uh, once once it became public that it was him, he sent two I think extraordinary texts to Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Uh, one was to his wife, and the second was directly to Dr. Wakefield. Uh, here's the text uh, on August 20th, 2014, that CDC's Dr. Thompson sent to Carmel Wakefield, Andy's wife. I do believe your husband's career was unjustly damaged, and this study would have supported his scientific opinion. Hopefully, I can help repair it. So he's saying that the study where they changed the data would have supported Wakefield's opinion that there could be a problem. Yeah. Right? So Thompson has no way of knowing in 2004 when he looks the other way and goes along with the CDC fudging the numbers. He doesn't know that 10 years later, Wakefield's career is going to be ruined. He's going to have to leave England. His his medical license has been stripped. He now lives in Texas. Like Thompson didn't know that was going to happen in 2004, but he does in 2014. And he has a conscience and was man enough to admit it, right? Yeah. So here's here's a week later, August 27th, a text exchange from Wakefield and uh, – uh, and Thompson, uh, Wakefield asks, is, is, is his uh, attorney whistleblower statement, it's, uh, uh, is it real, right? Dr. Thompson, yes. Dr. Wakefield, thank you. That was the right and honorable thing to do. Dr. Thompson, I agree. I apologize again for the price you paid for my dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wa- Dr. Wakefield, I forgive you completely and without any bitterness. Dr. Thompson, I know you mean it and I'm grateful to know you more personally. So, so T- Thompson is admitting that he's part of the problem, you know, and he says that on the recording, you know, and, yeah. and he's saying in 2014 that what CDC did set the research back, back 10 years behind. Exactly. So it's three years on now, right? It's 13 years it's been set back, right? So that's, that's what you're saying about having the conversation. If the safety research all the way at the, at, at the beginning, if that's skew, <laughs> skewed by there has to be only one result that vaccines are great. Right, and they can't. And it's never going to be a problem. We're never going to admit there's a problem. Uh, like, and 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 no more research gets done. Right? They they said it's everything we've ever need to know about the safety of vaccines is asked and answered. It's done. Close the door. No more safety studies. That's not science. That's politics. Absolutely. And I've known a number of people who've worked for not only CDC but NIH and FDA, and they all say that they were asked to omit data that did not support the the uh, desired outcome right and also uh, like, so uh, it's and, it's not unusual you know and and that's what i think people need to realize is that this is not um you know uh it's it's not just a fluke right and also the idea that i know you, you worked in in pharmaceutical companies and they work for shareholders and uh, i'm a capitalist you know uh, but but it's 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 clear that that um the idea that that pharma, which is constantly paying fines for marketing to the wrong way, or, or Vioxx was killing people and they hid the data, you know, that the idea that this that the vaccine wing of the pharmaceutical company is filled with angels is is absurd. Right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like every, every other floor of the corporate office is just how can we make another five bucks out of this? But not but not the vaccine floor. That's where that's that's the angels. That's where the angels are. Right. Well, you know, and I, I actually draw that parallel with the government as well, because nobody trusts the government. You know, we don't trust them with gun laws. We don't trust them with abortion laws. We don't trust them with taking out the right amount of taxes, you know, nothing. But when it comes to this, the government wouldn't allow it if it wasn't safe. <laughs> right. 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 right? It, yeah. People's brains. It, it, the word vaccine turns off people's brains. It does. It did. And it did for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I always say it's it's herd mentality, not herd immunity. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I said before that that flu shots may be the silliest one. Actually, Hep B on the day of birth is the mm, silliest. Yeah, that's, that's the silliest one. But then my my first two sons were born in '96 and '97, 
And sure enough, there there's my signature authorizing uh, authorizing those shots, right? Yeah. But, but when my kids were born, and I'm wearing, you know, obviously uh, my ex-wife did the work, but I'm I'm there in a little, I got little blue booties, and I got a little blue hat on, you know, a little like, right. like, look, looking like a pastry chef. You 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 hand me anything, you hand me anything on the clipboard, and I'm signing it. Did I right. did I just did I give you my house, your car, your what did I, I give you, right? But. Um, uh, and then when my third son was born in 2003, and I was awake to these issues, uh, I was it was a different thing. Where it's like, hey, if 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 he if you wheel him out of this room, he's coming with me, right? Uh, and if he accidentally gets vaccinated, uh, I'm going to find you. I'll find you at your. I'll find where you live. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like so, don't make any mistakes with this guy, right? So, but but uh, it's the standard operating procedure of, of most hospitals to give Hep B day of birth. Yeah. Uh, so, so when people say, if if people, some people with autism, like with my son, uh, it was a clear regression. Uh, some people say that that their that their kid, you know, was never hitting milestones, so that they 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 think that he he was quote unquote born with it. Uh, but if the intervention starts at eight hours old, you know, what, what do you what he didn't hit milestones in the first eight hours no, exactly know, before the intervention started. Uh, so it's 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 really. I think we need to take a step back. Like, and your listeners are probably uh, uh, already aware of most of these issues. Uh, but I, I think that my central message to a lot of my friends is just: that there's no need to be in the shadows with this opinion, right? That 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 parents should decide what goes under the skin of children. It's 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 the bioethics standard. It's the human rights standard. Uh, and it's also just common sense. You know, if you don't get to decide what goes under your children's skin or your skin. What, like, and you're seceding that that decision to the state. It's ridiculous. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like you said, 1984. Uh, what What do you think about? I don't know if you saw Bill Nye's. I f- assume it's recent uh, public service announcement telling people, and he doesn't even look like he believes it. It's like, you're protecting me. It's not about you. And you know, this is basically. You know, somehow, if I'm a carrier for disease, getting the vaccine will protect him. Yeah, that, that, but, again, it's it's absurd. No, no other product in the world gets to make that argument. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, the the herd immunity. Yeah, it's like if my 1977 Ford Pinto explodes when it gets hit from behind. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't mean everybody has to have a Ford Pinto. Right. right exactly. <laughs> you know, so it, it it's it's really absurd. It's, it's and, and herd immunity. It's again, my our product doesn't work, therefore it's mandatory. Like that's that's the argument. And when you see frequently of like when there's pertussis outbreaks, and it's always tragic when there's a pertussis outbreak. But you'll you'll find ninety percent of the pe- the kids who come down with pertussis almost almost all will fully recover uh, that they were vaccinated. Yes. You know, and uh, so it's it's. Um, the, the idea that that it's it, it it's mandatory because it doesn't work very well is a horrible argument right exactly and um yeah I, I actually knew someone he had three boys and one of them got whooping cough and uh the what happened was with the first child they vaccinated him fully the second one they partially vaxxed and then the, by the time the third one was born they were like we're not even gonna entertain this because we just had too many problems so one of the kids gets um gets whooping cough and you know the the uh doctor was like look see this is what happens when you don't give them the vaccine he's like that's the one that got the vaccine the other ones are fine right right so you know it, it's not exactly the best argument uh when when you see it play out like that and i mean i could go into two i could keep you on for hours talking about the fact that there is um well, let me just throw one, one other thing out to, to tease up what, what you just said. Like, I remember a conversation I had with a neighbor uh, when my youngest son, who did not receive the MMR vaccine, uh, and he's on a swing set with my neighbor's daughter in, in my backyard. Uh, and he's a smart guy. He generally works for the New York Times. And um, and we're just, he's just saying how his daughter got the MMR booster. And I said, oh, Isaac didn't. And he says... Um, Oh geez, I don't know. He's kind of joking, but I don't know if we should be playing together. And I was like, you know, can I just ask you, like, let's do a little thought experiment. Okay, there's two kids on the swing, right? So which one of them has the measles vaccine, has the measles virus inside them, right? And he's like, my daughter. And I said, okay, and which one 
doesn't, then my son. And I said, okay, so who is a danger to who? Exactly. Right? And it's not hard. And he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> but, but he never thought about it, right? Right. And, and, but, but the perception is that the unvaccinated child would be a danger to the vaccinated child. And that's not accurate. Right. And when uh, people of our generation were vaccinated, uh, we were actually quarantined. Right. For, for a while. And now it's just like you get the shot and you just go about your business. Right. So, the, um, you know, so you're clearly live at that point. And right. yeah. You know, the whole Disneyland fiasco in, in California, uh, point, uh, to me, makes it very clear that um, it wasn't someone who wasn't vaccinated. It's, you know, the one with the live virus in them. Yeah, I think I think that that story. I don't know if it's ever come out, but I, I think the that it. First of all, n- none of those vaccines were um, n- none of the transmissions in Disneyland were, were in a school, mm-hmm. uh, and, and no one who got it. It was like 137 people all who all recovered, and I think it came from one person who had been like the patient zero. I think was someone who had been on a mission in in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So so there, there's, there's always going to be the possibility of that. Right. Uh, so, uh, and Dr. Bob Sears, I think who's, who's a great, uh, doctor, very brave. He's in California. He, I saw him speak one time and he was, he was saying that, that the catching natural measles, like the, the odds of that are as close to zero as they can be without actually being zero. You know, that there's, there's, it's not zero. It's not impossible that that would happen. Right. But it's, it's so close to zero. It's, it's like not measurable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, um, you know, how do you how do you hope that your book will impact readers? Uh, I think it's it's mainly like uh, we tried to make it like a policy brief uh, for for legislators, like state and federal, gotcha. uh, and just just explaining. Um, you probably could use an update, you know, because like this it came out right as SB two seventy seven was happening, and like um, SB two seventy seven and, and Cal- like that the, the, they're taking. You're almost on, the farm is on the offensive, you know that they're uh, they're they're getting mandates. California, when they pass that, is I think 39 million Californians. One one in eight Americans is a Californian. Wow. So they they took down 39 million people there. They're taking down uh, 50 million in, I'm sorry, six, 60 million in Italy and 65 million in France. Mm. So um, they're, they're it's big chunks. It's big it's big chunks of people who whose kids. Uh, uh, or if it's not forced vaccinated, it's certainly coercion. It's it's coerced vaccinated. So the, if the parents are on the fence, it's like, and then uh, you know, do I want to send my kid to public school, or am I going to quit my job and homeschool? Right? right. Like homeschooling is not an option for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, it, 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 it is already happening that people are are moving uh, out of California uh, for that reason. I know a lot of people have moved from California to Texas. Yeah, because uh, Texas has a, a very long history of uh, of individual freedom rights, and uh, and it, I think you know I admire Texas in that regard. Uh, yeah. I think if forty nine other states pass a, a mandate, Texas will be the holdout. You know, so yeah, and Texas yeah. also has a clause, right, uh, where they're not they're actually a country. Isn't that isn't that true? There's like a there's a clause in the agreement to be part of the United States that they can secede whenever they want. <laughs> I, I didn't know about that. I, b- but, I believe there is there is something along those lines. It's yeah, uh, yeah. They can get out of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and and also like and, and not to not to get conspiratorial, but but the, the California uh, Democratic Party really really rammed that through on a party line vote. Like they, they the Democrats in California own uh, they have the House, the Senate, and the governorship. They have veto proof majorities in both the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. The, the CalPAC, the they donated a little over a hundred grand, like right as that to, to the California State the Democratic Party, right as that bill was dropping. So um, it was it was a really really sleazy move. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, I was going to let you go, but you reminded me about politics. Um, how did that shape? your because we talked about the fact that both of us are democrats right Mm -hmm. um how did that shape your view of hillary clinton when she came out she's like vaccines work i think uh uh, it's it's bad (laughs) like uh (laughs) uh 
I, I, uh, I, I didn't vote for either of the major party candidates. Um, Thank you, because uh, I didn't either. And uh, uh, the, I think it, uh, Hillary was was doing party. Uh, that's party line. Yeah. Uh, the sure. Clinton found the Clinton Foundation. I'm sure it takes a fair amount of money from pharma. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Uh, People who know I don't know Chelsea Clinton, but I know people who've met with her, and and she's she's a true believer. Um, I believe that that she um, uh, she's chosen to fully vaccinate her kids, which is fantastic. And I, I made a chart. I went I went to both as an advocate. I went to both the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention last year, and uh, I made a chart. Like it was pretty. Uh, the the birth years were uh, interesting because uh, Donald and Hillary were born in. 46, 47, Ivanka and Chelsea were born in 1980, 1981, mm-hmm. and, they, and both have newborn sons in 2016. So just charting that up, and I tried to get any media to pick that up, and I, uh, there were hundreds of, in the afternoon at a convention, there's literally 100 film crews, like local news from everywhere is there. So I was just walking around the hall and passing that out, and uh, I couldn't get one news crew to, to talk to me about it. They all wanted to keep the information. They kept the oh, this is good. Oh, my sister's pregnant. Can I keep this? I'm like, yeah. How about we talk to your sister through the magic of satellites? Let's, yeah. let's talk about yeah. it. Right? And they're like, oh, my news editor wouldn't would never go for it. And so it, it, it's to the point of self censorship at this point, right? That 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 uh, uh, pharma is a is a the number one customer of uh, television advertising and print advertising. Mm-hmm. So so uh, they're very reluctant to anger their their. Uh, biggest customer. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? Right, right. So like, uh, and I think that's enormous. That's an enormous problem. And uh, and I, I don't know what the way around that is. I think pe- people, parents are, are are finding out, you know, uh, their the old fashioned way, you know, and the social media has been helpful in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of advocates um, mistake their Facebook page, you know, for reality, you know, yeah. and. Uh, you know, when you when you go in and talk to a senator, you know they 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 don't hold the same view, and they're very reluctant. They they believe po- politically that it's that it's not a viable position to be. They don't want to be labeled anti-vaccine. Right. So you know we've got to give them something to be pro. So how about be pro bioethics, pro human rights, pro religious freedom? Right. But, I was I was just about to ask you where do we go from here, and I think that's the that's that's uh where we have to go we have to like you said it's you're better off being for versus against you know like one of the reasons hillary didn't win is because not enough people were willing to vote for her in an anti-trump demonstration of you know exercise right so i think just the more people who know what what the human rights standard is and what the bioethics standard is the better and and we have to go in and, and and educate politicians to see what the situation is and, and, and uh, most of those people are, are uh, uh, older this in their 60s and 70s you know so uh, they, they have perhaps antiquated views of what fully vaccinated means yeah so, so uh, uh, and uh, Donald Trump is is uh, it's an unusual in in that he's um, he's a 70 I think he's 70 or 71 and but he has an 11 year old son so like he he um, uh, in the age ranges of of his kids, you know, from I think uh, Donald Jr. is probably in his 40s. I'm guessing, uh, you know, the, the, the Donald has seen what the what the uh, well baby visits were in the in the 70s and what they are in in now, and so so he has primary experience, and that's I think one of the reasons he's on on uh, been very open with that he thinks that over vaccinating can be a problem. Right, which is for me is just astounding that I agree with him on anything. So, that's a common sense position if you look at it. Right? No, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's it's like right. the only thing that I can think of that <laughs> that seems like common sense. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, not to get too political, but seriously, uh, what what can average people do? You know, like what what steps can we take? Uh, to get the word out, to get the conversation going, it's. Uh, I think it's focus on rights. It's it's focus on, on on keeping the rights you have. Right, forty seven states right now have religious exemptions to vaccination. 
uh, don't don't lose your current right because if you do, you're not getting it back. Mm-hmm. You know th- th- those. Uh, it's like it was very quaint, like when vaccine mandates were coming in in the '60s. It's like, oh wait, let's 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 respect uh, religious viewpoints. And I think it was generally uh, for Christian scientists and Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Um, and you know, it's, it's a broader group now uh, that that have religious objection to vaccination or well, religious. The, the Amish issues. as well. I mean, they're a small group, but yeah. The, the Amish and and uh, you know and and uh, but uh, th- those provisions that that came in in the 60s uh if they go away i don't think they're going to come back you know that that pharmaceutical companies uh have devoted so much lobbying to uh state houses and and washington that uh that they'll be able to block things like religious freedom i mean they they just took it away from californians right it's a it's the first freedom of the first amendment is yeah. religious freedom and and SB two seventy seven took that away. Yeah, it's it's ludicrous. I, I think the founding fathers would be shaking their heads right now. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, and I and I, I think again the, the the there's a there's a general concept in law of privacy and the, and, and right to liberty. Mm-hmm. But like it's that the whole in the preamble that that, that uh, pursuit of happiness and yes. uh, like like and and your liberty interests. You know, like if 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 that doesn't include what goes under your skin you know what does what what does it mean right that, that where is shouldn't the skin be the barrier of where, where the state can go right yeah and i always I, one thing that uh makes me laugh is when they'll say things like well you know we have to look at environmental reasons for all of these out autism outbreaks for example and you know the the first and most important environment is in your body Right, it's right. not out there. I mean, that's obviously that's that's important, but your body is is like number one environment mm. to protect. Right, uh, and we should be allowed that. I mean, it's it's ludicrous because it's it's really no different than like the Nazi experiments that right. were carried and out I, on people. And another another one other simple uh, analogy that people uh, understand you know, pretty clearly is that penicillin is a wonderful product for for the vast majority of people, maybe ninety percent or higher, but for ten percent it could cause anaphylactic shock and kill them. Yeah. So like like if if you if your body's one of those outlier types that that if you're not if you're wired differently than other people, uh, if if you're more susceptible if, you're, if your family history of autoimmune, you know like. Uh, if you if you have a family history of autoimmune and, and the uh, vaccines trying to create a minor immune response, what if your body doesn't create minor minor immune responses? What if you have an overactive immune system? Yeah. So so on the penicillin uh, a question, it's like because it's great for the majority doesn't make it mandatory, mm-hmm. right? So and 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 for for in our family. With my son, my middle son, son had a vaccine reaction, and if we did the same thing with our younger child, we'd be idiots. Yeah, yeah. We would be so. It's it's it's, uh, and I think one of the takeaways is just. Every, and I wish the other side would 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 uh, the people who vehemently call me or others anti-vaxxers. I, I wish they would just rant one simple thing that that everybody's interested in health, right? right. I, I think some of those true believers who think the vaccine program is wonderful, I think some of them um, uh, really do believe it. I think, I think you know, there is a financial incentive in there that's hard, that's hard to weigh, but I think some of them really do, do believe it. And I, I just, you know, it, to me in the perfect world in the future, uh, if if uh, people can have honest disagreements about this, uh, everyone has a different path to what they think is best for them to health for health, and and will everyone's kids meet at public school? Right, right, exactly. And you know, I think that that's where the problem begins, though. Um, you know, and ends is that we all want the same thing, but they've created this propaganda machine that says now that our children are more dangerous to other children. <laughs> so right. so um, by saying that, you know, now it's our fault that their kid, you know, had, you know, what could have actually been a vaccine reaction. You know, it could be, you know, like we talked about pertussis, um, you know, it could be, it could be the pertussis vaccine that they got that, you know, really just didn't work. 
you know, that's that you're going to blame my kid now. So it's um, yes, it's just insane. It's it's really, really should give more of us pause. And I, I think if more people understood what you alluded to as well, which is, you know, if we already had one reaction and the government's forcing us to get our kids vaxxed further. That's right. that's a huge problem because now and and you know now they're saying basically you as a parent you have zero rights to protect your child well that's the 1984 thing the the, the idea that the state knows uh, a child better than the parents is ridiculous yeah or or you know the and it's not even necessarily knowing the child it's just like no this is our this is our schedule screw you if you're you know if your kid had a reaction we're just going to keep going yeah, I, I mean, knowing what, what's best for your child, knowing uh, right, that, right. That, that that whatever the, the whatever the protocol is is the protocol. It can't deviate. It doesn't get adjusted for individuals. Yes, exactly, exactly, right. exactly. So, well, thank you so much for speaking with us and for writing the book. And uh, your website is firstfreedoms.org. That's f i r s t f r e e d o m s dot org. And what can people find there? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'll put the human rights complaint there when, when it's done. Um, okay. it, it's, I'm just putting the finishing touches on it now. Fair. And, uh, I wanted to date it Christmas. Um, uh, and I, and I think, uh, I think next year is the year that, that we can really, uh, make some progress and, and, and educating people on what the rights issue are. And I think like, yeah, it, it frustrates me, my colleagues spent spending too much time on, on the danger aspect. Because uh, to, to me, like on that consent issue, it, it's like it's here's the information. Uh, what what do you want to do? What are you going to do with it? Right? It, it's and it's always going to be the mainstream stack of information will be a hundred miles high, and the alternative stack will be ten miles high. Uh, and that and the, but the the standard is that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. If you if you believe the the smaller stack of studies, you have a right to do that, right? Because I don't I don't I don't think there's ever going to be consensus on on. Uh, on the issue. So I think we, uh, I hope it gets to an agree to disagree place and, and I'll see you at school. Right. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's pray and hope that, uh, you know, common sense can prevail and that uh, individual liberties uh, will exist in, in the, in the future. Right. Right. And keep your religious exemption. If you live in a state that has one, keep it. Well, we've got Mormons here, so yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think that is actually what helped uh, the Mormon Jehovah Witness uh, uh, groups here. I think that is part part of what so far um, has helped uh, Hawaii uh, remain independent of the choice that California took. Good, keep it that way. I'll do my best. Thank okay. you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for your work. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Alrighty, great. Bye bye. Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Music